This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. And remember, Bet Rivers has a new football squares game where you can win up to $10,000 when you make your football bets and make your bets on the Super Bowl this week. They have the promotion in place for the Super Bowl. Check it out on the Bet Rivers and Play Sugar House apps. And remember, you can uh, find this program always on the uh, Bet Rivers app or at betrivers.com or wherever you may uh, find your podcasts. And remember, the uh, final Football Friday podcast of the season will be up by noon on Friday. The Mike Francesa Football Friday podcast for the Super Bowl will be up on Friday. Now, big news, obviously, in the NBA, the trade deadline, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, and, of course, the blockbuster last night that cleaned out the nets and brought back some interesting uh, players. We welcome in uh, Brian Getzeiler, who does his uh, NBA program on Sirius, uh, and Durant goes to the Suns. The Suns now have a foursome of uh, a healing Durant, a healing Booker, a... Chris Paul looking for the fountain of youth and Aiton hoping he is not the uh, last option and lost in the offense because that will also hurt his defense and rebounding if that's the case. And they did give up a bunch of ones later on, so that'll be after a lot of these guys are gone, which makes sense. And they gave up a, a couple of really solid Three and D players. Now the Nets have a collection of those. Okay, led by the probably the best three and D player in the league in Mikael Bridges, who was on the borderline of becoming a star. But if you look at his defense and look at how he hits the three, and look at him in the pick and roll when Book was out, he's averaging basically twenty two and 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 six during that time. He's playing like a star, uh, and he, with that you get top level first team all defensive defense. On top of that, Cam Johnson's in the deal. Warren goes back with uh, Durant. So there we are. All right, Brian, what's your thoughts on the deal? Well, all right, so I think the Nets, under the circumstances, landed on their feet. I thought you just put it perfectly about Bridges. I, I, you know, the, the Suns, without Booker, have done more than keep their head above water here. They've and played Bridges well. has been a big reason. He, they've, they've, they've played well. well, and Booker's played great. And I'm sure they wanted to keep Booker. But th- there's no way they were going to keep Booker in that deal. The question I have is, what are the Nets going to do with all these 3 and D forwards? They got to trade somebody before 3 o'clock. You would think so. With that said, Mike, 
I think they'll try to do what the Clippers do on a, a smaller scale, which is play a ton of them at a time, play smaller around Claxton. Listen, I, I don't think Simmons is part of the plans at all here. Right. Anything they get from him at this stage is gravy. So when you look at what they'll do with between Bridges, between Cam Johnson, who they got in this deal, who's a really good player. Very good player. That, very that good, very good three shooter. Got the, length, three yeah. shooter, defense. Another one of those three and D players. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons Crowder sat out is right. because they pretty much elevated And, I, and I didn't even mention Crowder, who's old, but listen, Crowder can be useful for a couple of minutes here and there. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think for Crowder here, they'll get, you know, maybe somebody's fallen asset right. that they could try to reclaim in one form or another. So I think Crowder could be the guy that's on the move. But I like Finney Smith a lot as a player. I think they did well in getting him there. Cam Thomas has shown with touches and usage that he can be a scoring force out there. Absolutely. Now, the Nets, they still hang around in a play in here. I mean, the thing for the Nets is that. Hey, listen, I don't blame the of- Nets. I don't blame the Nets one bit. Okay. Uh, they had to unload the, they made mistakes. They tried to buy a title. You and I talked about that the other day on your yep. program. They tried to buy a title. It didn't work. Okay. Uh, Josiah didn't want, Irving to go to the Nets. He he told the he left instructions with management, trade him anywhere but to the team he wants to be traded to, which was to right. the Lakers. The Lakers. And they said we don't care. He's not going there. He's not getting his wish. And then you know they knew Durant how he was going to react. They would had enough of him, so they get him out the door. Let's look at it from the Suns' standpoint. First of all, it's a roll of the dice whether they get all these guys healthy. Let's say they do. That foursome right now allows them, A, a solid goal scorer on the floor for all 48 minutes of a playoff game, number one. Number two, uh, it gives them a foursome that right now beats any foursome in the league, let's be honest. Yep. It does, Mike. And I'll also say this. Now, listen, I see what the Suns have done here, and a big reason that from a basketball standpoint, why this makes sense and the Suns go all in is because the conference is weak. I mean, no question. Hey, listen, they, they are loaded right now. If Durant comes back and Booker comes back, no matter what they get out of Paul, as long as Aiton doesn't go South on them, uh, they, they have a great chance to win the title. Aiton's been terrific lately. Yeah. But does he stay that way when he's not getting the ball a lot? That's the question. I, that, well, the, my worry about Aiton is this: it's that relationship with Monty Williams, right? You know, Monty when he's he, and especially I, when he's not getting his number called. Correct, and I, you know, listen, I like Monty a ton. Person, he's a great guy. I've spent some time talking to him, but Monty's stubborn, and Monty gets a thought in his head about a particular player. It becomes tough to turn that around. With that said, I think Durant's whole presence. And his positivity and his affection and passion for the game's infectious. I think, and it's going to be tough to not be all in. Here's my worry with them about winning a championship. And I think they have a decent shot to come out of the West. I think probably the only two teams I would look at that could stay in a playoff series with them right now would be Denver and Memphis. And that's it. Right. And they'll kill, and they will kill Denver's defense. Yes, Denver's defense. Listen, Denver's defense inside is, is is difficult. But I do worry about their defense, too. We just talked about it with Bridges, Mike. They traded away one of the oh, best. Oh, no, listen, they're going to take a step NBA. back. They're going to take a step back defensively, no question. Bridges is, is a highly underrated defender, one of the top defenders yep. in the league, as you know, and has yep. become has become a borderline star. Absolutely. 
And by the way, with extra touches and extra usage with the Nets, he will ascend pretty quickly. And let's not forget this, Mike. It's actually on a really good contract. It's like twenty-two million a right, year. Right, absolutely. Like no, he's contract. gonna. You know, he doesn't want to be the guy, but he's gonna be a great second banana his whole game, his whole career. I mean, that's what he's gonna be really good at because he does all the things you want. He'll hit an open three. He doesn't care if he gets the big shot. He does. He'll, he'll take the. He'll check the best player. He'll play great defense, and he'll give you a great line. I mean, he will. He'll give you 18 points, six rebounds, four assists, a couple of steals, and great defense. Absolutely. Now, the Suns here gutted all the assets, Mike. So what they're going to have, because they do need to fill in around the margins a little bit. All of a sudden, you know, it's Corey Craig's going to play a more important role there. They're going to have to come up with some guys here. You know, they're, they're certainly going to, I mean, campaign is still there, and that's Chris Paul insurance. So, so they, ha- they have him, they have Damian Lee, but none of those guys are guarding people great. What's interesting to watch today at the deadline is who gets dealt as cap fodder to go somewhere that's going to be bought out that the Suns can jump on that can help them build depth and fit around this group because they weren't all that deep in the first place and just sacrificed a bunch of depth for Durant. Now, listen, we know that in this year of the NBA, that's in so many ways how championship teams are built. But I also do want to caution the Nets just tried it and it, it, it was a spectacular, spectacular failure for the Nets. So I'm very interested to see who ends up in a buyout situation that can go over there. And here's one of the crazy parts about it. You know who would actually fit great, who may end up getting bought out, who can't go back to the Suns and would never go back to the Suns, would be Crowder. That's the crazy part about it. It's going to be very interesting to watch who ends up on the scrap heap because they're Absolutely. They still need a couple of role players. They, They need a couple of role players. There's no question. And, you know, you have to wonder exactly how much they'll get out of Paul. You know Paul will be motivated, uh, and especially come later playoff rounds, he'll be motivated. You'll know he'll get himself to the foul line. You know what he'll bring to the game. You know he'll make shots. He'll get to the foul line. But his his game has fallen off, there's no question. And I don't think it's ever coming back to where it was. Um, I've always felt Paul's a little overrated myself. It's just always been my, my, it's been my belief my whole life. Um, not that I take away that he is a very talented player. He is, but I just think he's been a little treated a little better than he deserves to be treated, but they have the makings now because the one thing they have that you can't get is they have now, no matter what it is on the clock, no matter what quarter it is, they have a solid goal scorer on the court. And, you know, best. that's lethal in the playoffs. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And we've seen Durant do this. We know he can do this. And then There's Booker no can pick Durant. up the other minutes. You know, the minutes Durant's not on the floor. You got Booker. Then you got Booker and Durant together, which could be insanely lethal when they're both on. I mean, so uh, their ability together and Booker filling in around them, Booker taking the second you know, roll to Durant, which he won't have any problem doing. Uh, and that go head first at a championship. The only thing that scares me is twofold. Aiton and the coach and Aiton, when he gets lost in the rotation, the rest of his game suffers appreciably. And that can't happen here. I, I agree. And, and you would think that Durant, with his IQ, and his understanding of people is going to be is going to kind of attach himself to. Aiden and Durant needs to salvage his career important. here. Let's be honest; he did himself he a does. lot of damage. 
he does. He does a few things on Durant. Number one, him and Booker spent a ton of time last summer working out together. Those guys are very close. So I don't think there's going to be any issue there. Gotcha. Let me make a point about, about Chris Paul, okay, which I think is really important, Mike. This stage of, career, of his career, Chris Paul doesn't want to have to shoot the ball a ton. If no. Chris Paul's on a team where he's got to shoot the ball a ton, he's not winning anything. He just wants and, to and win. He just wants to that's win. That's it. That's it. And now he's in a situation where all you have to do is distribute to an open man. That's and it. And hit a Paul, couple of free throws and you're home. Correct. Yep. Correct. And guard a little bit. Yep. Right? And, but the truth of the matter is with the way his, his talents have deteriorated and, and his athleticism has, has definitely significantly declined here, being able to be a guy that defends, hits a few free throws and finds open people, he's still good at finding open people. It's one of the skills that he still has that's elite right now at this stage of his career. So his a reduced role for him actually fits this team really well. I just need to see them get stops in big spots, and we're not going to see that till we hit somewhere mid-May. You know what I mean? Because regular right. season is not going to matter with that, with them getting stops. You know, I I need to see them get stops in big spots. And I saw on a John Morant. And what are you going to do? And what are you going to do with Jokic in a post? That's the those are the kinds of questions I have about Phoenix. Oh, listen, I think uh, very fair. We're talking with Brian Gasiola. All right, let's look at it from the net standpoint. Uh, first thing you look at is they have a ton of the same players. Um, can they can they reasonably or did they do this? Where somebody right now, let's be honest, they will. There are a ton of people that would be calling for Bridges or Cam Johnson. A ton of people. I mean, a million people would like to get either one of those guys. I think they build around those two guys. I I think they're going to look at this and say, you know what? We got Bridges. We got Cam Johnson. We have Cam Thomas, who's starting to really emerge as a big time scorer in the league. We have Claxton, who Claxton's in the conversation for most improved player, Mike. Yep. He's been fantastic this year. So you have that. So between those four guys, and listen, Finney Smith is on a great contract and is a really marketable guy. Like there's the Nets have built there. It's a lot of the same type of player, a lot of the same position player, but you know what? They're going to play in this thing a little bit positionless. They're going to play a bunch of, a bunch of extra wings. And if Bridges and Cam Thomas can do more creating, this is going to be an interesting team. Listen, it, it's they're sitting there in fourth right now. They probably fall into the play in at one point or another here as we get deeper into the season. And this becomes a little bit of a break for a team like the Knicks that doesn't want to be in the play and now has a chance to pass them. But I also think once they get their legs underneath them, there's a lot there. They also, you made this point earlier, and I want to reiterate it because it's so important. So they get four unprotected picks, right? The Later on, is not going to be a high pick, right? Yep. The 25 probably isn't going to be a high pick. Right. 27 and 29 are going to be awesome. Great Those pick. Great be a ter- they'll, they'll all be gone. They'll all, they'll all be gone, and, be and the bottom line is they'll be a bad team. Right, and here's the thing. that The Harden trade was devastating on multiple fronts. It was devastating because of the draft capital and the players that they had to give up. It was devastating because when they spun them out, they didn't get anywhere close to the same value. But keep one thing in mind. The last first-round pick they give up for Harden, there's one swap after it, but the last first-round pick they give up for Harden is 25, and then it's over. Then that's behind them. So the thing is, you were able to reload draft capital here in a very meaningful way. The other thing is this, and I know, listen, we're looking at six years, which means they're going to be drafting someone that's 13 years old right now with the pick they got from Dallas. It's still an unprotected pick in 29. And what we've seen from Sean Marks, listen, Sean Marks was the one that dug them out of the 2012 
disastrous Boston trade. So when you look at the asset base, you look at the amount of picks, it's not, it's far from hopeless in Brooklyn. And I, they can kind of bounce off this thing pretty quickly. And, and with this asset base, you can see them getting better. But I do think Brooklyn learned a valuable lesson. I'll tell you a quick story, Sean, uh, on Mike. I talked to Sean Marks right after they signed Kyrie and Durant in Vegas that summer. And I, I congratulated, I was having a conversation with him and I congratulated him. And he looked at me and goes, don't congratulate me yet. He's like, this whole thing has to work on the basketball court. He's like, and don't get me wrong. Anybody that had the opportunity that I had would have taken it. He said, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to work. A lot of things have to happen really good for us for all of this to work. And I just wanted to mention that now because Mark saw then when he did it, that it wasn't necessarily a lock to be something that worked out great for the Nets. No question. Uh, talking with Brian Gessler, he's on obviously serious with his NBA program. Um, and guys like, unless something happens today, guys like Payne and Shamit become very important guys for the Suns. I mean, there's no question very about important. it. Those guys have got to produce. They, and, they, and they're going to have to play minutes. They're going to have to take shots. They're going to have to make plays. There's no, there's no doubt that they're going to have to. And Shamit's the interesting guy to watch. He's improved some, and they give him the ball at certain points of time and let him initiate some offense. But listen, Shamit's been in some spots where it hasn't worked great for him. And Shamit's going to be a – you need shooters off of Durant because obviously defenses are going to load up on Durant. They're going to load up on Booker. Having extra shooters in the lineup is going to help. Shamit is really important. And pain matters too in the respect – that you just said earlier about Chris Paul and injuries. Like, Chris Paul gets hurt, and, and he's 38 years old, and his body doesn't hold up like it did. Payne is a major guy when it comes to that, because number one, if something happens with Paul, he can fill in and do a decent job there. We've seen that in the past. The other thing is you can spot Paul's minutes. You can sit Paul on some back-to-backs to preserve him from the playoffs and know that you're not going to get this enormous drop-off of the campaign. So those guys are important guys. They still need some extra pieces there, Mike. No question about it. All right. What about uh, what's going on around the rest of the league? What grabs you? Um, I, well, first of all, like Irving in da- I, I just got to talk about Irving for a minute because okay. hey, Ir- Irving in Dallas, you want to be celebrated. You hear those comments? You want to be celebrated, not tolerated. And I know I missed some games. Dude, you missed like 150 games. You, you oh, listen, he's in Never Neverland. The, th- the statements he makes are so absurd. You know what? You let it go in one ear and out the other if you're Dallas, and you just hope, you hope it holds together for a season. That's basically it. I understand what Cuban's doing. I understand he's rolling a dice in a soft year and thinking, you know what? Maybe I can steal something here. Maybe these guys make magic together. And, you know, he plays to his level. Luca can play as a top of the league, probably play better than anybody in the league when he's on his game. I mean, so maybe, maybe we get lucky here. I think, you know, he's not tied to him long-term. Uh, I don't think he'll go that route. If he does, he makes a big mistake uh, because no. nothing will last for any, uh, nothing will have legs with Irving. He's too crazy. Uh, so the bottom line is uh, you try this and you roll the dice and you see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Kyrie wants to be there long term anyway. I think that this is for Kyrie. He's playing to see me get a contract. No, he didn't want to go there anyway. He wanted to go to the Lakers. They they weren't sending him there. That's the bottom line. But hey, maybe he plays well for a couple of months. Who knows? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I can't even predict that. But for any length of time, you can forget it. You know that. 100% right. Now, Lakers, real quick. You know, DeAndre Russell's one of the worst teammates in the league, Mike. I mean, he was he went to Minnesota because him and Towns were buddies. I, I have it on good authority. Towns couldn't wait to get him out of there. 
Um, he is he he is just on court, off court, very very selfish guy. I, the Lakers didn't do badly. Beasley's a good fit there. Beasley's one of the more underrated bench guys in the league. I love that player. Vanderbilt's a guy on a really good contract. But they're not going anywhere. But no, but they're not. But I'm very interested to see how Russell fits in with LeBron because I don't think that's going to be a good situation at all. Russell no, I, really I don't either. Guy. But you know what? I, Westbrook and the coach had had an end, and Westbrook was a mess there anyway. But let's be honest. When you see the way they play and when you see just how broken down, here's what I'm appalled by. And watching the heroic game the other night, the historic game, I should call it more than heroic, the historic game, to th- here's what I took from it. And this is me, so this is what I would take from it. How can LeBron James and Davis be on the floor for a team that has such disgraceful defensive principles and, and so little defensive pride and watch them play the game pitifully on both ends of the floor, except when the ball goes to LeBron and he either, you know, drives it to the lane or takes a shot and he was on the other night. Davis did nothing in the game. I mean, he just basically stood around. Uh, their defense and their, and their ball handling is atrocious. Yes, it's bad. And listen, I'm going to tell you something with Anthony Davis there. Anthony Davis, first of all, his best stretch of the season with LeBron out. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't either. I, 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 I was They're told, in each other's way. Yes, but I was told last year. Remember LeBron's little speech at All-Star game last year about, you know, where he wants to finish his career and potentially playing with his son. And, and he pretty much telegraphed the Laker exit. I am of, of, of the understanding that Anthony Davis was extremely displeased with that. Like, think about that. And then think about the whole Anthony Davis body language the other night when LeBron broke the record. He acted like he could care less. He did not want to celebrate that teammate. And listen, let's face it, like, whatever we want to say about LeBron James, it's it's a historic record. No and question. He didn't limp into this record. He didn't break this record as a hanger on trying to. No, listen. The record is the record speaks volumes, and you're Correct. dead on. And you know, Anthony Davis wouldn't even bend over for a loose ball in that game the other night. He no, didn't even. He I could I could show you the no. play where he didn't even bend over for a loose ball. That's it. And and you're hearing rumors. He wants to be somewhere else. He wants to be in Dallas. He wants to be in Chicago. I, I, that is not a good situation there at all. It really isn't. So that, And so they're the going absolutely nowhere. No, nowhere. 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 Anybody with any ability and any cohesiveness is going to beat that team. That If they uh, even make yep. the playoffs. Listen, we everybody forgets pretty quickly. On the night LeBron broke Kareem's all-time scoring record, they lost to the Thunder in their own building. Not only lost, they, they, the game was, uh, if the Thunder hadn't thrown the ball around, they were down 16. They tied it right. at 106. They Next thing you know, on. they were down 13 points. And and, right. and and the only thing is the Thunder threw the ball around in the last two minutes. Otherwise, And they hit a three at the, at the buzzer. Otherwise, the game was six, eight, ten-point game. It wound up being a three-point game. It wasn't even that close. That's it. That's it. Now, some other stuff here. Toronto did something weird last night. Because everything you're hearing about Toronto is they're talking about Van Leet and Trent in a package to go somewhere. They're, right. they're having a sweepstakes for Ananobi. Then they go and they trade for Jakob Pertl, who is a great fit if yep. you're keeping your team together. No, it makes like sense. to it, it, Listen, right? he makes them better. 
He does. But it almost makes you think that all this talk about Mr. Jiri being out there, looking to trade Ananobi, looking to trade, like, listen, Van Lee's contract expires at the end of the year. So they have, they got to figure what they're going to do there. And I know he's asking for a lot more than what he's making now. So that may be a reason that he goes. But I just found that to be an odd deal. But Ananobi and Van Vliet and Trent are guys to watch today. I think we watch the Hornets closely. Rozier is a guy that I think could move who's under contract for a while here who could help a contending team. So that's certainly a team I would keep an eye on. Another guy I'd keep an eye on is Eric Gordon in Houston. I think Houston, they're coming to a point where they probably should move him somewhere where he could make an impact. I don't know that they could piece enough salary together in Philadelphia to get him, but, you know, Daryl Morey can be very creative there. So I think that's a spot we certainly could see something. Another team to watch, Mike, I think is Washington. I think Washington today is, you know, they just came off a winning streak, but where are they going? Like, it's, you know, Porzingis only has one more year left on his deal. He's very quietly had the best year of his career. Very good, um, but, he's again, a, but he's a hard guy to like. He is. He is. There's no doubt. And then Kuzma's in the last year of his contract, and he's played great. So think about that. Porzingis had the best year of his career. Kuzma's played great. And they're 25 and 29, you know, sitting on the outside looking in a, on the playing tournament. They could get in the playing tournament. But don't they have to make a decision sometime soon? If we're not going to be in this NBA purgatory, the eight, nine, ten, which they are every year, like you either have to sink to the bottom or go to the top. And if you don't see a formula to get yourself to the top, starting to sell off some of those pieces and really accumulating assets may be the best way to go. So they're a team to watch. One other player, Michael, want to mention to you, Bojan Bogdanovic with the Pistons. I I think they'd be. I think they can get a first form. I think they can get a decent first form. I think they'd be smart to move them. Keep in mind the Lakers held the twenty nine pick. In, they held the 29 pick in that in, in at the Angelo Russell deal where they got Vanderbilt and Beasley. It wouldn't shock me to see him end up there. But he's a guy, because of his ability to shoot the ball, that I think teams are going to line up for. And I think Detroit will be very smart to move him now. We're talking with uh, Brian Gessler on the Mike Francesa podcast after the blockbuster trade that sent Durant uh, to the Suns last night. Knicks did make a move, and I can tell you right now, it made uh, one point guard very happy, that's for sure. Uh, Brunson got himself uh, a buddy as Josh Hart comes to the Knicks. And I can tell you this, one thing you know about Josh Hart, he is a killer. You know that. Yes. Yes. Now, Mike, it was funny because when you were on my show on Saturday, I asked you a question about Tom Thibodeau. Do you think he's done a good job? And you made it and you gave a great answer where you said that you don't believe that Tom has been necessarily given. Certainly last year. Well, he wasn't Tom last year. He was given the wrong players. This is a right player. I mean, this is Tom. Exactly. Not only and that, but this also makes it more Brunson's team, too. And this is a guy who Brunson, I'm sure, had to be contained last night. He was so happy. And I know how Villanova thought about this player and how they've thought about him forever. This is a tough guy. This is a guy who, you know, he he's going to play hard. He is the best rebounding wing in the league. I don't say that lightly. Guy averages eight rebounds a game. He is an animal on the glass for a guy at 6'5". The other thing with him is he's so strong, he can guard four positions on the floor. Yep. And lately, what you've seen with the Knicks, Mike, is that is R.J. Barrett has not been, it's been Tom's doghouse a little bit and not finished a couple of games because yep. Tom hasn't been happy with his defense. Right. This gives Tom that option. I'm also not sure the Knicks are done. I The name I Well, listen, okay, well, give me what, what – now, you know who people want. You know people like quickly, but I don't like that move if they get rid of him. Um, Barrett, you think there's a market for him? 
problem is that because they signed Barrett to the extension in the offseason, they can't aggregate him with any other players in a deal. So he's no, but I mean, can they move him anywhere? They can. Well, they can move him individually. Somewhere. Right. But I'm saying, and do you think there's a market for him individually? I, I think there there is some kind of market for him individually, but I think that to maintain flexibility, they will keep him through today, and he could be in play this. Right, what summer. do you think they I, can do today that's reasonable? I think that you could see quickly in top and get packaged with some picks for a player for, for some kind of player that becomes available. Maybe it's Kuzma. I don't think it's going to be DeRozan. The Bulls are looking at going the other way. I think DeRozan will be a wonderful fit on this team that really, really could help them. Um, but I, I think you, you could see something along the lines of quickly in top and being packaged with some picks together. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes, I think potentially could be about as well as Sacramento has played. That's a guy that really? you can keep an eye on. There. Yeah. He's not I a Bad player. Wants, he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a legitimately consistent player, too. He's a consistent player. Right, but they've gotten great minutes out of Keegan Murray this year. He's been terrific for them. And his game and, and Barnes' game have, are, are really very similar. What needs so to happen I, for I the Knicks is, let's be honest, this has to become Brunson's team and Randall has to go, but I don't know when that happens. Yep. The other guy that I think is interesting, and I wouldn't mind the Knicks knocking on him because he can play multiple positions and defend multiple positions too, is Jeremy Grant with the Blazers. He's in the last year of a deal. You're going to get his bird rights if you bring him in. He would fit really well with this group on the Knicks. Um, the Blazers are going nowhere. They're in a 10 seed right now. And they would be interested in quickly topping in picks. Listen, they got good young players and Simons and, and, and Shade on Sharp. And, and Lillard's not interested in The league in likes quickly. A lot of teams to... like quickly. A lot of teams like More than the Knicks do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, Mike? Yep. A lot more than the Knicks do. Yep. So that, But I think it would have to be one of those types of guys that could really upgrade him to, to, to become available. Can you see a block? Is there any move. blockbuster you could see today? The, the only thing I think could possibly, one guy I think potentially that could be involved in a blockbuster today is, listen, the Bradley Beal contract is an awful contract with the way he's played since he signed it. And if Washington really wants to break down, that could be a high-profile name that gets moved somewhere. And I do think there were teams that would look to step in on the cheap to look to be able to grab him. But when you talk about blockbuster, I think we saw our blockbuster deal last night. I think, and he, you know, I just don't. Beal is the one guy I would take a look at and say, "Hey, maybe. is Riles quiet? Guy, you know, you, Riles usually does something." I, I, I don't know that it'll be totally quiet. I think and I think they're kicking the tires on guys, but you know, they've been trying to they've been trying to find a taker for Kyle Lowry for, for the last year and a half of his deal, and no one's interested because Lowry just has dropped off that much. The one thing that they will try to do here, and I know the package they're offering out to see if they can upgrade is first of all, everybody's asking for Hero and Hero is not getting dealt. Everybody right. wants Tyler Hero. Okay. The, is listen, they want to get off Duncan Robinson's contract. It's a bad contract. And they're willing to offer a pick or two and this rookie they have that that everybody likes, uh, Nikola Jovic. Everybody likes this kid Jovic that they got a six nine forward that can shoot some threes. Um, and I think for, for Miami, they feel like they can do something to move up. The question is, what player is that? Like I will say this if Jeremy Grant becomes available, that's a guy I think Riles would jump on because, because he would fit. I know this that when Urban became available, I know the Nets called and I know that the, the Heat said, No, thank you, we will pass. They were not interested at all in entertaining that. 
So I, I but I do think, listen, the Heat are going to try to do something on the margins. I know they wanted to get rid of Deadman after that situation where he threw the massage thing. And so they, they were able to find somebody to grab him and pull in some cash. But I also think that is the precursor to another move here. The question is, does that move end up on the margins? Because to me, the other guy that is interesting for the Heat, and I also think the Bucks want this guy too, is Jay Crabb. I think the Nets find a way to move on from Jay Crowder here. And he was with Miami when they went to the finals in the bubble. And I think he would fit great going back there right now. You know, Miami has dropped off a little because they haven't appropriately replaced P.J. Tucker. Jay Crowder is an appropriate replacement. What about Turner? There's been a lot of talk about Turner. Just signed him to an extension. So he's going nowhere right now. Now, again, the summer could be a little bit different, but they got him to sign an extension to be able to stay there. They've loved the year that he's had. They've loved the way Miles Turner has played. So I just, I don't think Miles Turner is going to go anywhere today. Indiana is interesting because they've played well enough with Halliburton healthy that you can't really start to sell off pieces. With that said, if you're not going to re-sign Heald, you probably have to move him today, even though he's helping your team right now. And I would say that with having Nemhard play as well as he had, Benedict Matherin has had a really good year as a six-man. I would think if they could get something for Heald, that's a guy you moved today in the last year of a contract. And San Antonio moving pieces away, playing very badly lately, quietly moving themselves maybe to get down as bad as they can and get in the Wimby, uh, you know, get maybe land the number one pick, which this year is obviously very special. Uh, they look like the only team that's really gone in and done that. Do you think Houston might try to do that today? Yeah, I, that's why I think Gordon could go. I think Detroit might try to do that today, which is why I think Bogdanovich can go. Okay. So I think those are two teams. And, and the other team is the Hornets, which is why I also mentioned Rozier. So I think, it, you know, the Hornets, listen, I've, Felt like they wanted I, I had heard that they wanted to put Rozier and Hayward in a deal to the Lakers, and the Lakers just weren't interested in Gordon Hayward. Um, but I think that's why I think all four of those teams are going to have guys that are out there in play. For the Spurs, it'll be Richardson and McDermott, which I don't know are needle movers. With that said, I think Josh Richardson, if in some way, somehow, Phoenix could find a way to get him, really fits well with the group that they've assembled there. So those are the two guys there. You know, Gordon and the Rockets, I think the Sixers would love to have him if Daryl could pull it off. Do you think the league expected, after the Irving thing happened, did you think they expected Durant to get traded or they didn't expect him to get traded? No. Most people did not expect him to get traded. The Nets ultimately, Mike, wanted to accommodate him. You know, he pulled the trade demand off the table last year and then came to the Nets this year with a fantastic attitude. He kept this team together during the Irving suspension, got everybody to focus on basketball. And when this whole thing went bad, he had said to them, if you can get me to Phoenix, please get me there. And I think they looked at it two ways in this. Number one, Kyrie Irving's trashing us all over the place. And as crazy as he is, he also has some gravitas and some pull with players. And so you do want to rehab a reputation a little bit. Doing something player-friendly for Kevin Durant and accommodating him after you had come to a, a, a truce with him, I think the Nets felt made them look good. Here's the other point with Durant that I think you got to remember. The second straight year with a knee injury. And if you're able to get massive value for him like they were just able to get. And again, it's not with the value they were asking for in the offseason. But I think the Nets also identified something that with the Gobert trade was the inflection point. Star value peaked with the Gobert trade. Were you surprised that Bridges was in the trade and not Aiton? I was not. And I will tell you, I would have loved to see them get Aiton. So here's the problem with them getting Aiton is that Ben Simmons has a, he has a max off of a rookie scale deal. 
there is this funky thing in the CBA that you cannot have two guys on a second contract max coming off a rookie scale deal that you traded for. So gotcha. this is one of the reasons in the off season where Golden State couldn't trade Wiggins to the Nets in a Durant deal because you couldn't have them. So the Nets to bring in Aiton would have had to offload Ben Simmons. And you're not offloading Ben Simmons right Not to now. anybody. So it was uh, a I mean, you'd like to. You'd love to do it. I mean, just not humanly possible. Can't. Can't. No one wants him. So Who would want him? I mean, I'm, I'm shocked anybody wanted Irving. I'm so, Well, not only am I shocked anybody wanted Irving. I'm shocked what they got for him. Yeah, There's I mean, to me, I mean, I'd be afraid to go near the guy if I were an NBA team. I really would. I mean, I understand if it's LeBron, he could figure I can handle him. Well, he wasn't getting to go there. We know that. But I, I really thought the teams would run away from him this time. They didn't. Well, there, there's a read between the lines moment here, Mike, with this. And that is the fact that Dallas made what was pretty much a desperate deal and overpaying for him, which tells you everything you need to know about the impatience that is creeping in on Luka Doncic and that and that. Well, yeah, team listen, I don't like team. I said, he looked at this year, the year's soft. It's an easy year to sneak into a finals. And he's got, let's be honest, on his best day, he's got the best player. Um, that gives him now a guy who's had big game experience, who can go out and get 40 in the championship game, who can go out and dominate a championship game, who's done that in his life. And Luca probably said, Hey, I'll deal with it. Bring him in. Now. I don't know. I don't know enough about Luca's personality to know whether he'll be a good teammate to Irving or a bad or help him or not help him. I have no idea, but you know, if they get along, they got a chance to make music together. Offensively, it's going to be a wonderful fit because Luca, you know, one of the misnomers about Luca is that he enjoys this high usage rate. Luca's happy to have somebody have somebody to pass the ball to. Luca loved playing with Jalen Brunson, loved it, and and has missed him dearly this year. It's Absolutely, I mean, Brunson was getting thirty and forty in the playoffs last year. No doubt. And for Luca, you know what? You, you'd like to be able to have a couple of possessions where you can spot up. Absolutely. We don't have to do everything. The, you're absolutely right. right. No one wants to do everything. You know, they, they right. uh, Here, absolutely. Here's my one basketball concern with the straight, forgetting that Irving and the off court stuff. They're the 24th ranked defensive team in, in efficiency in the league before this trade. Yep. And you just traded away your best perimeter defender, Finney Smith. Yep. That's a problem. Oh, no question. And, and hey, listen, you, you give to get that. and you see what happens. But this year, the league is really soft. I mean, let's be honest. It's uh, Mike, it is. I haven't seen it this wide open. But part of the reason why it's this wide open is because there, there's not. And, and you had said this on my show on Saturday also. This there's not. It, the, some of the talent levels watered down. The league wanted to get away from super teams. You did. You got away from super teams. But this is the product of what you get. No more than two legit superstars per team. That's where you are, which is going to water down the product a little bit. Now, listen, there's parity. There's drama. And you certainly have plenty of talent in the league. It's just spread apart. So there's no dominant teams. I mean, the Celtics look terrific, you know. Um, but let's see if they can keep that together. They have a 34-year-old coach that's never been in any kinds of these situations. And, Mike, you know this. When, you know, regular season, that doesn't get exposed. Get in the playoffs. A green coach gets exposed big enormously. time. Somebody that, that an, has not an, done it an, It's an a an huge norm, Day thing. in and day out gets exposed. But I'll tell you what the league needs. They need Curry or LeBron going deep into the playoffs. 
they yes. do. They they haven't overcome that yet. You know, the NFL, they've watched Brady go away. They've watched Peyton Manning go away. They've, they're watching Aaron Rodgers, you know, be a less factor. They have the stars ready to line up. Here they come, the young quarterbacks. They're one right after another, and they've replaced them all already. The NBA has not replaced LeBron. They need LeBron. They need Curry. They need those players in the postseason. Otherwise, their game gets hurt a lot. It does. Listen, I think there, there's two things to that. Number one, they need Giannis in the finals. No question. All right? Because that that's the guy. Or that the Celtics. Right now, that, or the Celtics. Or the Celtics. The Celtics always will do ratings. Right. And listen, and I think there's, there is a universe where Joel Embiid can graduate. Into and there's nothing the out West. They, they need the freak. They need the Celtics. Okay, one or the other. You know, the Sixers, they almost have enough. The in the West, there's not a lot there. There really isn't. There isn't no. And and the one guy that kind of they were hoping they could hang their hat on a little bit, Moran. What's happening in that organization is the, the immaturity is all over the place. Yeah. So he, I mean, he, he, that ridiculous team, story. He, in see, he's not being. Week. He's not yet been marketed to America, the way he right. needs to be marketed to America. That's correct. And the other thing is this. You know, some of the talk, some of the issues, the sideline issues with Shannon Sharp, his father getting involved. Yep. Now you have this story that came out of Indiana last week where there were some words exchanged with some guys in Morant's crew. There were some words exchanged with some people from Indianapolis. And all of a sudden, someone's got a laser being pointed at him, leaving the building. Like, there's this is the kind of stuff that's not, not going to give John Morant mass appeal. No, it's not. And, not and so, good. So and he's, in, is, and he's and buried. Like, like, you have to grow up kind of stuff. And, and, and that's, listen, what you get sometimes, Mike, and I see it. Listen, I, I have a 13 year old AAU player for a son. I see what happens. AAU wise, like guys have to graduate from that culture a little bit. The NBA is a grown man's league. And, and, you, and you have heard Brian for years, as have I, that the world has changed and you can play anywhere now and be an enormous star. But let me tell you this, Memphis is pushing it. It's tough in Memphis. It is, it's very, it is very tough hard. in Memphis. And again, you know, I people you know, say, you well, you can be a star in Green Bay. Yeah, but Green Moran, Bay you know. is a legacy town. You can be a star in Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, though, is Cleveland. Memphis is Memphis. Nobody thinks of Memphis for anything except music. Nope. And the bottom line is he's lost in that town. He really is. He is he is a little lost in that town nationally. And the thing is, the publicity that he's getting nationally is negative publicity Bingo. for off-court stuff. His Not father good. getting involved in that Shannon Sharp thing on the sidelines Absolutely. in L.A. a few weeks ago. Hey, hey, come on. Absolutely all true. Listen, good job. You know? uh, so uh, active day today or quiet day today? I think it's going to be pretty active today. I think one of the things, Mike, I'll tell you, is the fact that the Durant shoe dropped and the Lakers shoe dropped is going to have teams not waiting. So now no one has to wait for the big fish to drop. We can be aggressive. Go get who we want to get. So I do think, I don't know that we're going to see another blockbuster today, but I think teams look to improve on the margins. We're going to see plenty of that today. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you soon. Always Brian Gessler from uh, Sirius uh, XM Radio uh, for the NBA. Um, as we told you, we will have the Football Friday podcast up tomorrow. It'll be up by noon. Uh, all the analysis will break down everything for the Super Bowl. 
the numbers have stayed exactly the same as you would expect. We'll go through some of the crazy stuff. The, the parlays that I like, you know, that are reasonable, not the crazy stuff. I'm not going to give you the crazy stuff. You can get into the crazy stuff yourself. But I'll get into stuff that I think is reasonable that are, you know, reasonably obtainable parlays. The number has stayed one and a half and 50 and a half for about eight days now. I doubt it will move. If it moves a half point, it would be a lot. I think this is what you're going to get now. I'll give you the analysis. Um, I've talked to people with the Chiefs. They are they they would not say that Mahomes was 100%. What they would say is that we were able to run a full-speed practice, and he could keep up. He could move. He could make the throws he needed to make. We're okay with that. Um, we're, we're, we're content with where he is. He's not 100%. They don't expect him to be 100%. I don't think Hurts is 100%. But they are where they need to be for the game where they should be able to give a good account of themselves. Okay? The one thing to remember here, though, do not for a second discount how strong that eagle pass rush is. It is an enormous factor in this game, incredible factor in this game, and has to be dealt with, or it could disrupt the game just the way it disrupted the game for the Niners. Mahomes cannot go in there and take a beating in this game, and they have the people. You know, you're talking about four guys with double-digit sacks, led by Reddick, who's been unbelievable. Uh, that is a major factor in this game. And one we'll deal with tomorrow when we do the podcast. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.